Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Technology Forward. I'm Leslie Langnaw, your host. One of the benefits of 3D printing additive manufacturing is how easy it makes to work with lattices in a design. Lattices can solve several design problems, including reducing weight, improving strength, and absorbing shock. Recently, Carbon released a lattice design generator called Design Engine that automates the process of creating conformal single zone lattices. I'm here today with Hardik Kabaria, Director of Engineering at Carbon to discuss 3D printing lattices. Hardik leads the development of computational design software at Carbon. He graduated from Stanford University with a degree in mechanical engineering with a focus on mechanical analysis in design from a 3D printing perspective. He is considered a leading engineering researcher on computational geometry as it relates to 3D design. He's an expert in lattice design and has a PhD from Stanford University on his research that marked the first development of 3D universal meshing and opened the door for making 3D printing possible. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So let's kind of start with some of the basics. What are lattice structures? So lattice structures are these repeatable pattern that can be used for engineering purposes. And in general, the idea of lattices has been around for quite some time. You can see sort of a repeatable pattern on building, on bridges, and uh, these specific patterns will provide a specific mechanical properties. And often you are just looking for stiffness to mass ratio. That means you want to create a structure that provides the maximum stiffness in any particular direction or all the direction by using this pattern versus using the whole material together. With 3D printing, it's possible to bring this idea of lattice structures, which has been explored quite extensively in the academic um, world, to the mesoscale designs, like the mechanical parts, be it helmets or saddles or shoes. And in some cases, it's even uh, fueling research in some, several directions like soft robotics or understanding how pulmonary airways work. So basically, at the very high level, lattices are these repeatable structures that you can populate in any given area, any given part. And now you get to think like, okay, each different structure is a different material. So I'm gonna get a different mechanical properties every time I use a different structure. So instead of choosing from a set number of foam or material that you have, now you have much bigger database of different lattice structures, which you can print with same material or few different type of material. So basically your design freedom has kind of uh, exploded significantly bigger if you start using lattice type of an ideas in the design. Okay, so you mentioned a few applications. Are there others besides like the helmets and, and the shoes and? There are many applications for sure. And then, um, so lattice structures have been used uh, a, a with, in conjunction with metal 3D printing for a while as well, be it in the uh, turbine blade internal designs to um, metal implants. So again, the idea of lattice structures is not new. It has been at least around as long as 3D printing has been around, which we all know as quite, for quite some time. With carbon, digital life synthesis is our new uh, process that we pioneered and it opened the doors to couple of things that you can actually bring these ideas into not just prototyping, but actually manufacturing. So you have end quality parts, which you can utilize based on lattice design. And the initial application we found and have had success with is in the areas where traditionally you were using foam 
So if you're using foam for like shoes or helmets or saddles, those are the places where you can replace it with polymeric lattice parts made on carbon sprinter. And the basic advantage there is you can achieve mechanical properties not easily achievable with foams. Uh, but we have also found some areas that are significantly different than these just uh, foam replacement. And the example I'll throw at that is COVID-19 swabs. Uh, I've been working on lattice design, computational geometry algorithm that is dedicated towards these sort of application for quite some time. Uh, we've developed the software and even still, I would not have imagined that COVID-19 swab is something that we will be able to make and utilize this lattice design ideas. And I can go in more detail about that particular example, but I want to leave it with one higher level thought is there are more applications out there than even like what we who live and breathe lattices have ever imagined. And that is one of the reasons why we realized that we need to package this technology, this software in such a way that we give access to more and more mechanical engineers in our ecosystem. So they come up with the application and we just fuel them, enable them, and they put they help us to be with carbons technology and platform, we put we help them put it in production. Basically what's happening is 3D printing makes lattice, the use of lattices much easier than other 100%. kinds of designs and manufacturing methods. And the 100%. software that you offer, it automates that. So that makes it even easier still. Correct. So I can elaborate a little bit on that is that um, lattices are generally more complex designs. You can think about it in terms of purest, like, okay, how many different cylindrical struts do you have in any of the designs? It'll be hundreds of thousands, right? So it's just not possible to do things, create a mold for it. So if you were to do injection molding, it's just not going to work out. As it is, molds cost millions of dollars and have six to seven you know, weeks to even months of you know, lead time, and then it, you do it. Mm -hmm. So it's just not feasible to create that level of molds or, uh, for lattices. That means traditional manufacturing methods do not avail themselves to designing with lattices. That's number one. Number two is now let's look at the traditional tools. The tools themselves will also have a little bit of a problem because, you know, you don't generally draw hundreds of thousands of struts in your traditional CAD software. Right. So you have the problem both on the design software side as well as the manufacturing side. With carbon, we at least solved, let's say, the manufacturing side with polymer parts. That means if there existed a design, you can print it and create an end quality parts. But we also realized that's like a half-baked solution, if you will. We gave you the manufacturing method, but we didn't give you how to make amazing parts on that manufacturing method. So that's why me and my team, we started working on the design engine that, okay, we have this amazing technology, but it's only good if we can enable our customers to create really kick-ass products. That means it has to be customized. Okay, now, so the molds are out of the question because how many times are you going to make a mold if you are creating a customized product? But that also means the software that we developed has to have such a high standard that it cannot only be used by like mechanical engineer or industrial design engineer, but a manufacturing technician on the floor with significantly lower capabilities, whether it's in the skills or the software they have access to or the compute power they have access to. So we have developed that and enabled several customers like Fidel and CCM, where they are developing and producing, and actually people have these helmets on the field today. These are custom helmets for each and every player's head shape. But the software role that is being played here is that the software can generate this custom design on the manufacturing floor without any human intervention. 
So our bar for the software is quite high. So imagine a scenario in which, you know, there was a data captured for somebody's head shape, but there was some error in that because, you know, this data capture happens with the cameras and phones using machine learning, the type of algorithms you might be familiar with. But if there is an error in it, like you captured some noise in it, we are not going to even produce the digital design so that we can, we have to throw away those parts. We, our software will capture those problems, issues with the data, and we say, okay, there is an issue here. We don't think we can successfully generate a design that we are confident in its performance. So we will stop you here and we will alert the upstream systems and software saying like, okay, we need to capture better data. So this gives you an idea that we really are in it to generate to allow our customers to develop a better product, whether it's in customization or better mechanical properties or whatever on that front. Okay. So we've gone over this a little bit, but are there any specific challenges to 3D printing lattices or because of 3D printing that removes a lot of the challenges? So there is no free lunch for sure. There (laughs) are certainly challenges. It's just, I would say those are different challenges. So let's talk about challenges in the manufacturing side, but I also want to focus on the design side because that's sort of more of my field. So when you think about any design that is being printed on, let's say carbon printer or any other printer, there are challenges with design for additive manufacturing. That means, okay, I generated this lattice. I think it's going to have an amazing performance, but can you manufacture it robustly? Are you going to have a good yield on it? Because at the end, Some manufacturing projects, almost all of them are just about unit economics. You can only have so much number of failed parts, right? And it's going to supposed to behave the certain way it's supposed to behave. So we do have those challenges there as well. Just like injection molding needs to worry about mold flow and how this cooling happens, if it's going to shrink or not. Manufacturing with garbage printers as well have those challenges. And what we do in terms of design is we understand those challenges and try to design the parts such that it will not run into those issues. So design for additive manufacturing principles have to be baked into the lattice design and that's the effort we have made. Yeah, if I were to talk about specific challenges, it would be the same way for carbon. Um, if you create a lattice that is so dense that you cannot allow the flow of resin through it, okay, you'll have problems. That means you might have to print slow. If you print very slow, okay, it's going to affect your unit economics. Now you're starting to get the hang of it, that there are cascading effects for any of these issues that may arise. And what we try to do is try to account for it and only present the design that are manufacturable. That means we we are not going to take you down the route in generating a design that you are going to have trouble manufacturing with down the stream because then you kind of create a digital part, but not very useful. And on the side of the challenges on the design software side, you can think about the similar issues, but more on the software front. For example, like I said, these designs are quite complicated. So if you just think of the amount of memory you need to to render it, to represent it, to transfer it to the printer, there are challenges at every one of those stages. Like our, our design software works on AWS. We have to, so we can use the cloud infrastructure and high-performance computing to generate those designs. But that's sort of the first step. Then we have to successfully transfer the design to the printer, make sure that we don't run into any problems during that process. It is sliceable. So in the process of printing, we kind of slice the part and convert it into like images or voxels. So that process has to be foolproof because now initially you had kind of a simple parts, but now you have a very complex geometry. So In terms of computational geometry algorithms, there are several challenges on the design front as well uh, to make sure it's not just a nicely rendered geometry, but it's actually printed part in your hand. 
And we, we focus on both of them. We are trying to overcome all of them as we go. But the most beautiful part of this has been that we have enabled our customers to put parts in production. So we kind of go through the whole process. We haven't stopped that, okay, we have to design prototype. Because we, we are in this journey all the way from pilot production, so rather conceptualization to pilot production, we uncovered all of these problems and we have developed some solutions for it. Are there any limits to the kind of lattice shapes you can design with? 100%. There are limitations mm-hmm. from hardware side. So let's think of the most simplistic way okay. that every printer has some resolution. Like carbon's printer have its resolution. So we cannot render lattices, at least on the printer, and produce successfully that have the feature size or struts even smaller than the you know, resolution or the pixel size of the printer. So that's sort of the hardware limitation. There is also material limitation. Like I was saying that each material has its viscosity and kind of flows through the resin. Now, if the viscosity is pretty high and you have only little space between the two struts, the resin will never reach it. And you'll only print like certain number of struts. And then after that, it, there would be nothing there or it would be full blob of resin, <laughs> right? So there is a material related uh, requirements. There are hardware related requirements. And then there is a process requirement is, okay, how fast the printer is gonna move? Do we generate some heat? So based on that heat, we wanna make sure that we don't damage the part. Um, So like I said, we generally worry about three things, hardware limitation, material specific limitation, and the limitation of the process. And we try to bake that into the design and not just us, anybody who is designing with Lattice would have to think of the same things. Okay, so maybe we can now broaden this out a little bit. What are the challenges, maybe the specific challenges that the design engine is addressing in the market? Yeah, that's a great question. So like I said, we started thinking like lattice structures has been studied by academics for at least that I can find articles all the way from 80s. So, okay, so it's a very rich academic literature. And if you just Google lattice structures, I'm sure the first 10 papers you find, you will find 50 to 100 different type of lattice structures. Yep. So the first problem is, okay, which structure is right for me? And do I have to do a PhD in lattice structures to figure out what is the right structure for me? And is that still an exhaustive set? It probably is not. So we wanted to make that part easy. Okay, we, you are a mechanical engineer. The most important knowledge that you have in the work you do is figuring out if a mechanical response I'm looking for, let's say for saddle, you want just a stress distribution, you know, so you don't have a peak pressure at your sit points. So that's the most important part is you as a mechanical engineer for saddle industry know, which 3D printing or people like me who work on lattices would never know. But I wanted to bridge the gap. So the problem we solved and focused for is, okay, you care about the mechanical response and we'll help you find the lattice structures. And we started with this, which traditionally some part of the industry would call this inverse design, that, you know, you give me the mechanical response and I give you the design. But I think our approach is actually slightly different. So while we know there are hundreds of thousands of different lattice structures and we have it in our database, we initially just launched with five different structures. Very, very simple. If you're looking for a polymeric foam-like response, which is what we call nonlinear response, we'll give you a lattice structure. If you are looking for a memory foam-like response, it's a different lattice structure. If you are just, often you are looking for something very linear, which is actually not achievable with foam easily, like that's, those are the kind of things you really care in shoes, we have different lattice structure. So our idea first is, okay, you have a mechanical engineering background, you know what you're looking for, we'll help you find the right lattice for it. And this idea expands that 
okay, initially it's just mechanical response. We plan to add thermal properties in it, the fluid flow properties in it. So you can see it's it's going to take its course and we are going to ride with our application engineers and mechanical engineers who use our software to expand that. The second part is more geometry focused. That means you, you have a part and you want to populate with lattice structure that you decided based on the mechanical response you wanted. We want that process to be flawless in a way that you don't have to deal with, okay, here is a broken strut. Here is a strut that is not on the surface. So I'm going to have like a local stress concentration factor that eventually leads to failure. No. So that's where the idea of conformal lattice comes from. It's a compact lattice population. That means you have struts on the surface. There are no hanging nodes, no stress concentration factors. And the reason why we set for that high bar is because from day one, we knew we wanted to enable customized manufacturing in which by definition, each part is slightly different because my head shape is different than yours and so on and so forth. So if we have to deploy mechanical engineers to inspect, even inspect that there are no broken struts or there are no open struts, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to scale. So those are the two main challenges we have focused on. The population of lattice make it good. That means it has to, does not have all of those failure leading properties. It is automatic with least amount of user input, make it easy for you. And then the other side is we help you choose the right structures so you can actually achieve the mechanical properties you're looking for with the least number of print iterations. So can you maybe go through a couple of benefits that your customers are experiencing using the Lattice Structure program? For sure. So the, the thing that I think our customers are already starting to find is a newer application. So one is if they know that, okay, we have been using these type of mechanical response that achieve nonlinear foam-like response, but what we would like is actually a very uh, plateau, like stress versus strain response, which is almost like a flat curve. And so then we have a mechanical response-based structure for them. We call it tetrahedral uh, unit cell. They can choose that and they can start populating it with the geometry and start testing it. Uh, our customers like CCM have been using this tool and have been able to find a newer application on their own. So for before we launched this tool, our customers would work with the mechanical engineers that are carbon employees. And you know they would go hand in hand, they'll use the software tool my team has developed and eventually enable customers. But since this tool has been out, we have removed the bottleneck of carbon in the process. The tool is with the engineers of CCM in this example, and they are finding newer application on their own. So you can see some of the flywheel churning. And this is possible because two things, we don't have to teach everybody which structures are the best which material to use it with. And the second is you have a part, you choose the structure, we'll be able to populate it so that they can quickly throw it on a printer, print it, iterate it, and the cycle continues. A lot of experimentation going on and potentially, yeah, and potentially um, opening up or initiating some new designs on the part of mechanical engineers. 100%, like new designs on the parts that would not really innovated upon or were limited yeah. by the limitations of the number of material you had access to or the traditional manufacturing method constraints you had, even in terms of time. So Specialized is a great example where they were able to reduce the idea from the mechanical requirement to the design they locked by 2x. Because one is they, they were using utilizing these digital design process. So they were designing more uh, prototypes very fast. And of course, then they were printing it and testing it. Mm -hmm. Right, because some of these examples, just like saddles, have a human touch involved. 
So you can't really digitize and simulate everything. You actually have to get a somebody who is a professional athlete to sit on the saddle and <laughs> give feedback and say, you know, I mean, I like it or I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And but those sort of experiments can only be possible because you are in a very tight loop of design and prototyping. Is is the design engine program? Is that um, connected to CAD programs? Is there an interface? Is there a link that makes it easy for the CAD designer to just That's a great question. So today it's actually not as smooth of a link as I would say we would want in the future. Today's link is you use your SolidWorks or Katia or whichever is your CAD design tool that is your favorite and you can export it um, from there, the part you want to lattice in a triangle mesh. You bring it to our tool. Our tool is a browser based, so you can access it through your Chrome on your computer. You upload it. All the real computation happens on our AWS cloud infrastructure. So you're not really utilizing the compute power you have, and more importantly, you're not limited by it. So if we want to do some heavy computation, we can run it on the cloud, and then we send it back to your uh, browser for you to download it. Once you download it, you can, again, it's you won't be able to edit it. So our idea has been that anything that you want to do with the lattice design will allow you to do it in our tool base, in our software, whether you want to create different zones or you want to create like a skin on the surface so that you don't have lattice directly touching the human face somewhere and creating sort of hexagonal pattern on your face, but you can put a texture that is more comforting. So anything that is related to the 3D printing specific design, we'll build it in our tool base, but you can still export it and um, throw it back into the SOLIDWORKS or whatnot for just the version control purposes. All righty. Well, those are the questions I had. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Of course. Uh, Thanks for uh, those questions. Um, Thanks for having me. 